and uh, listen to the preaching tonight. I'll try to make it uh, uh, as uh, palatable as I can. And if you pay close attention, that means I move faster and I won't preach as long, okay? So if I look down your way, I want to see eyes. And if I do, then that's good. I'll preach fast, all right? And if I don't, I'll preach slow. All righty? By the way, that goes for you adults, too. No, I'm... Um, would... Uh, just appreciate your prayers. Julia got feeling really just lousy this afternoon, and so she's in bed tonight. So just pray that the Lord will uh, restore her. And uh, pray for Miss Pam. I uh, got a call right after the morning service. Um, because of divorce, he's really not her brother-in-law, but this is her oldest sister's ex-husband, uh, some of you know the story, just really troubled life, unsaved, ended up divorced, a whole nine yards. But uh, he passed away in his sleep this morning. And so the family, with all of the hurt and all the problems that are there, have to go through the funeral and everything. And it's just going to be a very difficult time. Miss Pam is actually out there with her family tonight in Staten Island. And so uh, if we could just... Uh, keep keep them in prayer. Just lots of things going on uh, right now. Uh, how many of you know about Amy, and I do not know her last name, uh, Jill Noy's sister? How many of you know about the accident that she was in? Uh, broke her neck, mother of six children, uh, paralyzed from the waist down. They really have no prognosis as whether it's going to be permanent or not, but they believe it probably will be at this point, that she'll never walk again. And so we just just need to keep those families in prayer. And, of course, Brother Ungry, just a lot of, a lot of hurting people right now. And uh, so let's, let's just uh, keep one another in prayer. I, I want you to turn, if you would, to Psalm 34. I got going through my notes and uh, realized we went through the first half of Psalm 34 on the 8th of March, a month ago. And uh, I never preached the second half of that psalm because we had the wedding the next weekend and Brother Copes preached. And, and uh, then when I started preparing messages, I didn't look at my notes and so... Uh, I figured tonight we'll just finish up Psalm 34, uh, certainly a, an endeavor that we ought to expend our time in. And so turn in your Bibles to Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, he de- and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him, and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him, and delivereth them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, 
But they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Now, if you'll remember a month ago, and if you do, I will be absolutely shocked. Uh, remember a sermon that's a month old. But we went through the first half of this psalm, the portion that I just read, and we talked about this psalm being really divided into two parts. Uh, it, this is the song. This is the part that is sung. It, it is sung in praise to God and member, remembering all of the things that God does, lifting up His name, His benefits. Now we're going to get into the second half of the song, which is really a sermon. Uh, this is instruction. Now, a good song ought to give you some instruction, ought to give you an encouragement, but uh, there, there's a little difference here between the song and the sermon, and, and we're going to start in verse 11. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Now, if there is any one thing that every one of us in this auditorium needs, it's more fear of the Lord. It's just something we need. It's something we don't have enough of. If we had enough of the fear of the Lord in our lives, if we had that that we should have in our lives, I'll tell you what, how many of you had to wrestle with temptation this past week? Are you alive? You did. Well, you know what the answer for temptation is? Fear of the Lord. How many of you were frustrated by the wrong behavior of other people? Never. Yes, okay. All you got to do is turn the radio on. And uh, if you don't have enough going on in the house or you don't have enough going on at work, there's certainly enough going on in Albany and Washington, D.C. to irritate the fire out of any God-honoring person. Uh, you know what the answer is? Fear of the Lord. The answer is the fear of the Lord. And now we get to the sermon part, and he says, Listen, I'm going to teach it to you. Now look at 12. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? Now, I, I wish I had a dollar for every person who told me, Pastor, I, I just want to live a good life. Pastor, I just, I just want to be able to uh, be happy and, and have a nice life. That's all I want. Is that asking too much? And, uh, well, uh, it depends on how you define happy. Uh, it depends on how you define good. If having enough money to do whatever you want is good, let me tell you something, God's not interested in that. God is interested... In a life that pleases Him. Uh, that's what the fear of the Lord is all about. You know, if you want, quote unquote, the good life, uh, how, how many people have ruined their lives striving for the American dream? Let me tell you something. The American dream is not God's dream. What we need is to fear the Lord. 
And if you live in the fear of the Lord, guess what you're going to have? You're going to have a good life. You're going to have that life that you wanted. I will promise you that God's plan for your life far exceeds the most incredible things that you could ever think of. When God has His will and way in your life, it is what you need. Now, here's how you get it. Here's the fear of the Lord. Keep thy tongue from evil. How many of you said something mean this past week? Okay, that is the opposite of the fear of the Lord. Do you get that? He says, come children. Now, how many children, how many of, I know my kids. I, I know what they say. I keep track of it, now don't I? Mm-hmm. You want the fear of the Lord? It says right here, keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Now, what guile is, is trickery. How many of you said one thing when you actually meant something else? Oh, my. That is not preaching, Pastor. That is meddling, isn't it? Uh, that's what we all do on occasion. It is so easy to, well, I'm just going to get around this. Uh, I'm not going to tell a white lie. I know there's no such thing as a white lie. I'm just going to bend the truth a little bit. Uh, truth modification. You know what truth modification is? It's spelled L-I-E. Now, that doesn't mean uh, you, you uh, look at somebody and say, your shirt's wrinkled, your breast stinks, and you're really irritating in your attitude today. Now, that kind of honesty, uh, I think we took care of that in the first one, stop being mean, amen? You know, there, there are some people that would even use honesty to be guileless. Not guileless, but with guile is, is the word there. And the Bible says that we've got to watch this. Now, what did James, how many of you remember our study in the book of James a while back? We went through the book of James, James chapter 3. What's it say? The hardest member of the body to control is the tongue. The fear of the Lord and the control of what you say and how you say it connected. You can't separate the two. How many times has this little mouth gotten the whole rest of your body in big trouble. How many times does that happen? Oh, only when you open your mouth. Amen? Uh, it, it happens. It, uh, what was it? There was a set of advertising. Does anybody remember this? Um, this was back under Mommy Bloomberg. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, but 
he was running this series of ads, and this guy's standing there, and his face is all bruised up, and he says, if he hadn't had the second drink, he probably wouldn't have gotten a fight. Those ads were all through the subway system. And uh, I'm sitting there going, yeah, that's probably true. But you know what drinking does? Drinking does not make people anything. It just lets people be what's already inside. It doesn't... If you're mean when you drink, that's because you're mean already. Uh, if you want to get in a fight, it's... It, all alcohol does is release, release your inhibitions. And what we need to do is the fear of the Lord changes who you are. That's the only solution. The fear of the Lord, he says, I'm going to teach you the fear of the Lord. If you want many days, if you want to see good, if you want to have that good life, And love your life, keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil. Now, guys on the front row, do we need to describe that and define that for you? Second row's got it. How about front row? Do you got that? That means something wrong, you leave it alone. Isn't that right? It says, depart from evil and do good, seek peace, and pursue it. Now, how many little brothers and sisters do we have out here? Okay, how many big brothers do we have? Or big sisters? How many of you know when your brother or sister is getting really irritated? And how many of you know what to do to totally torque them off? How many of you had to learn how to do that? You know what? That's human nature. That's what is in us. Do you think that's what he's talking about? Excuse me. Do you think that's what he's talking about here when he says, Seek peace and pursue it. Seek peace and pursue it. It is so easy. And yes, I will speak From having a sin nature, it's a lot of fun to watch people get angrier and angrier until they go pop. But it's not godly. It's not the fear of the Lord. He says, I'm going to teach you. And he says, come unto me, children here. Maybe the children should have been in here tonight so they can learn. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord, verse 15, are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. Now, I want you to get this. It says the eyes of the Lord. 
are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. I'll tell you what. Peter called um, in the afternoon and said, Well, uh, Ashley started feeling really bad, so we drove to Oklahoma, and we're just walking around the mall here, and we stopped in a hospital, and they told us to that she's not into labor, and then she was walking around the mall, and she kind of felt like the water broke in the mall, and and, and so they went back to the hospital, and they and they said, well, we're going to the hospital now, and and uh, and and things are progressing, and oh, okay, and then they called back four hours later and said, well, everything kind of stopped, and for about twelve hours, nothing happened. She just there. Baby was where it was, no contractions, no, it just was nothing was happening. And I'll tell you, I'm glad this verse is in the Bible. It says, the Lord's eyes are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. You know what? God puts us in situations where we can pray so that He will do what He already wants to do. And you know who feels really good about it? We do, don't we? Jesus said, Ask that you may receive that your joy may be full. Amen? That's why we have a prayer meeting on Sunday nights. You know, a lot of churches have given up on that old-fashioned prayer meeting where you just get down on your knees and actually ask for things. Talk to God. Uh, I've had people over the years say, Well, Pastor, I, I can't come to prayer meeting. I don't know how to pray. Well, where are you going to learn, my friend? What better way to learn than to get with somebody who's your friend and just pray? That's what prayer meeting is all about. That's why we do that, is to learn and to exercise. You see, the eyes of the Lord are there, His ears are open, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. Let me throw out a name. Now, I know my kids will know this name because I've used it before in, in teaching history. How many of you are familiar with the name Aaron Burr? He is one of the founding fathers of this nation. Uh, the only one that was ever brought up on, uh, brought to trial on charges of treason. And, uh, Instead of facing all of the charges and things, he actually ended up losing his citizenship in America. And he was a terrible, terrible man. He was the man that killed Alexander Hamilton in a duel just across the river in New Jersey because dueling was illegal in New York in 1804. And so they rode across the Hudson River just above where the Midtown Tunnel comes under the river, and there on the heights, we, we don't know the whole story, but Alexander Hamilton knew one thing from what we know. He knew he was going to die that day. 
He had said some things to Mr. Burr that offended him sorely. He had worked very hard. Uh, The general election for president that year ended in a tie. And so it went to the House of Representatives, and they voted through eight or twelve different ballots, tying each time. And Alexander Hamilton was working feverishly behind the scenes, and finally he convinced enough people to throw their weight behind Mr. Adams, and John Adams became our second president instead of Aaron Burr. If Mr. Burr had become our president, I would challenge you, American history would be very different than it is. Because he was not a man of moral character, and he was not a man who loved anything or anyone other than himself. He was, he was our first real politician in American politics. The reason I bring that up is because if I did not tell most of you the story of Aaron Burr, you would have no idea the man even existed. And yet, in his day, he was one of the five most important people living in the United States. He was second on the ba- he was on the ballot for president of the United States in 1804, and only missed it by a very few votes. If it had not been for Alexander Hamilton saying things that were not nice and were not kind and were true, uh, and Alexander and Alexander Hamilton knew exactly what he was doing. He knew that if Aaron Burr killed him in a duel, that Aaron Burr would never have a place in American politics. And Alexander Hamilton, who survived the revolution, gave his life for this country that the man Aaron Burr would have no part in the future of this nation. You know what the verse we just read said? It says, the face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. You see, God is working. You know, Christianity is under siege right now in this nation. They passed that law in Indiana. And by the way... There, there is no legal evidence that those laws have done one bit of good to accomplish what they're doing. But if anybody asks you about them, here's what that law was about. You see, the people who claim they're being persecuted had gone into businesses and demanded service and participation in homosexual weddings and things like this. And the people of Indiana said, listen, you should not, as a business owner, be forced to serve people who compromise your deeply held religious convictions. This is what we call freedom of association and freedom of religion. First of the Bill of Rights. But if you just listen to the news media, you would think the most bigoted and hateful people that have ever lived are in the state of Indiana. Uh, let me tell you something. The Lord is still working, and He will wipe the remembrance. But if you fear the Lord, His ears are open to your prayers, and He's going to deliver you, and we need to keep at it. The The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. Verse 17. 
Now, does all leave something out? No. And, and by the way, read Hebrews chapter 11. That doesn't mean everything is going to be peachy keen and money in the bank and just absolutely wonderful. And Jesus told his disciples and Paul and Peter and others reiterated it that it is with tribulation that you enter the kingdom of God, but God is still going to deliver you. Whether it be through death's doors, He still delivers you. I'd rather die obeying God than live in disobedience to God. Now, that's easy to say now. But you better start practicing because you may have to be tried on it someday soon. And that's what the fear of the Lord is. And by the way, it says, seek peace and pursue it. Don't go out to start a fight. I mean, the the kind of guy I am, the organization that is organizing all these protests is called SCORE. And uh, you can get a SCORE sticker, I heard, for $10, which goes to fund further protests. And being the kind of person that I am, I wanted to look up what the sticker looks like and make one. And then put a line through it and put it on the front door. And then I said, you know, that's just human nature. That, that's me being a jerk. Because the Bible doesn't tell us to go out and pick fights. There will be plenty coming our way. What you need to do is fear the Lord. Amen. Because he will deliver. Now look at this verse 18. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He keepeth his bones. Not one of them is broken. Now, how many of you know what we just read? That is a messianic prophecy. That is talking about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. How, and it is repeated there in, uh, in the gospel record that it, it was written, Not a bone of him shall be broken. It's quoting Psalm 34. You know what David was telling us without knowing that he was telling us this? God delivered Jesus. He suffered for our sins. He fulfilled everything And God brought him through, and Jesus came out of the tomb victorious. Amen? That's God's plan for you. You may have to walk through the deep waters. You may have to go through the difficult times. It says, many of the afflictions of the righteous, but as he brought Jesus through on the right side, he'll bring you through if you'll get enough of that fear of the Lord to keep you going. That you don't quit in the middle. Amen? And so it says here, evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. You know what Peter said? If these things be in you abound, ye shall neither be unfruitful, barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge uh, of the Lord, and he shall minister unto you abundantly an entrance into his kingdom. And I got some of the words messed up there, but that's 2 Peter chapter 1. Let me tell you something. 
The song is about how God delivered David. The sermon is, God wants to do that in your life. But there's some things you're going to have to do. You're going to have to learn the fear of the Lord. You're going to have to get it and keep it in your life. You're going to have to understand that even though it feels like the whole world has convened against you, God is still there. He's close. He's going to deliver you. You're not going to be desolate. Oh, they can take away everything that you have. I like the story they tell of the old preacher back in the 70s. He was all fired up and he said, the communists are going to come and they're going to take away our buildings and they'll take away our Bibles. They'll take away everything. The only thing we'll have is God. And then he stopped and he said, well, wait a minute, maybe that wouldn't be such a bad thing after all. That's why David said, I will be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. Amen? Incredible song. Incredible teaching in these psalms. We need to learn that no one that trusteth in the Lord is going to be desolate. Because if you're saved, guess where you're going? You're going to be part of the kingdom. That is going to be a grand and glorious day. Listen. The fear of the Lord is not the easiest thing in the world to maintain. It's something you got to work at every day. But you get it. And you'll have the promise that His eyes will be upon you and His ears will be open to your prayers and He is under no obligation to answer your prayers according to you. But He is under every obligation to answer those prayers according to His goodness because He is God. And all God's people said, Heavenly Father, we come before You and we ask that we would learn to sing the song. But more importantly than singing the song, Lord, we'd learn to live the life. Psalm 34. Help us to take time and read over that. Lord, when we're tempted to be mean, when we're tempted to say things that we don't mean, do we remember the fear of the Lord? That when we have an opportunity to pursue peace, that we would. And to do good that we would. Help us, Lord, that we may be known as the servants of the Most High God. Before we finish that prayer, just keep our heads bowed if you need to slip out of your seat for just a moment. The altar is open and then we'll get into our prayer time.
all God's people said. Amen. Let's take our prayer list.